let's stop pretending America is a functioning democracy. A functioning democracy could easily dispatch Donald Trump and his doppelgangers. A failed democracy and bankrupt liberalism assures their ascendancy. Written by Chris Hedges for the Chris Hedges Report, chrishedges.substack.com. Narrated by Eunice Wong. There's a fatal disconnect between a political system that promises democratic equality and freedom while carrying out socioeconomic injustices that result in grotesque income inequality and political stagnation. Decades in the making, this disconnect has extinguished American democracy. The steady stripping away of economic and political power was ignored by a hyperventilating press that thundered against the barbarians at the gate, Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, the Taliban, ISIS, Vladimir Putin, while ignoring the barbarians in our midst. The slow-motion coup is over. Corporations and the billionaire class have won. There are no institutions, including the press, an electoral system that is little more than legalized bribery, the imperial presidency, the courts or the penal system, that can be defined as democratic. Only the fiction of democracy remains. The political philosopher Sheldon Wolin, in Democracy Incorporated, Managed Democracy and the Specter of Inverted Totalitarianism, calls our system inverted totalitarianism. The facade of democratic institutions and the rhetoric, symbols, and iconography of state power have not changed. The Constitution remains a sacred document. The U.S. continues to posit itself as a champion of opportunity, freedom, human rights, and civil liberties, even as half the country struggles at subsistence level, militarized police gun down and imprison the poor with impunity, and the primary business of the state is war. This collective self-delusion masks who we have become, a nation where the citizenry has been stripped of economic and political power and where the brutal militarism we practice overseas is practiced at home. In classical totalitarian regimes such as Nazi Germany or Stalin's Soviet Union, economics was subordinate to politics. But under inverted totalitarianism, the reverse is true. There is no attempt, unlike fascism and state socialism, to address the needs of the poor. Rather, the poorer and more vulnerable you are, the more you are exploited, thrust into a hellish debt peonage from which there is no escape. Social services, from education to healthcare, are anemic, non-existent, or privatized to gouge the impoverished. Further ravaged by 8.5% inflation, Wages have decelerated sharply since 1979. Jobs often do not offer benefits or security. You can watch an interview I conducted in 2014 with Sheldon Wolin on the Chris Hedges YouTube channel. In my book, America the Farewell Tour, I examined the social indicators of a nation in serious trouble. Life expectancy in the U.S. fell in 2021 for the second year in a row. There have been over 300 mass shootings this year. Close to a million people have died from drug overdoses since 1999. There are an average of 132 suicides every day. Nearly 42% of the country is classified as obese, with 1 in 11 adults considered severely obese. These diseases of despair are rooted in the disconnect between a society's expectations of a better future and the reality of a system that doesn't provide a meaningful place for its citizens. 
Loss of a sustainable income and social stagnation causes more than financial distress. As Emile Durkheim points out in The Division of Labor and Society, it severs the social bonds that give us meaning. A decline in status and power, an inability to advance, a lack of education and adequate health care, and a loss of hope result in crippling forms of humiliation. This humiliation fuels loneliness, frustration, anger, and feelings of worthlessness. In Hitler and the Germans, the political philosopher Eric Vogelin dismisses the idea that Hitler, gifted in oratory and political opportunism but poorly educated and vulgar, mesmerized and seduced the German people. The Germans, he writes, supported Hitler and the grotesque marginal figures surrounding him because he embodied the pathologies of a diseased society, one beset by economic collapse and hopelessness. Vogelin defines stupidity as a loss of reality. The loss of reality means a stupid person cannot rightly orient his action in the world in which he lives. The demagogue who is always an idiot is not a freak or social mutation. The demagogue expresses the society's zeitgeist. The acceleration of deindustrialization by the 1970s, as I write in America the Farewell Tour, created a crisis that forced the ruling elites to devise a new political paradigm, as Stuart Hall explains in Policing the Crisis. Trumpeted by a compliant media, this paradigm shifted its focus from the common good to race, crime, and law and order. It told those undergoing profound economic and political change that their suffering stemmed not from rampant militarism and corporate greed, but from a threat to national integrity. The old consensus that buttressed New Deal programs and the welfare state was attacked as enabling criminal black youth, welfare queens, and other alleged social parasites. This opened the door to a faux populism begun by Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, which supposedly championed family values, traditional morality, individual autonomy, law and order, the Christian faith, and the return to a mythical past, at least for white Americans. The Democratic Party, especially under Bill Clinton, moved steadily to the right until it became largely indistinguishable from the establishment Republican Party to which it is now allied. Donald Trump and the 74 million people who voted for him in 2020 were the result. It will do no good, as Biden did on Thursday in Philadelphia, to demonize Trump and his supporters in the way they demonize Biden and the Democrats— Biden, raising clenched fists, backlit by Stygian red lights and flanked by two U.S. Marines in dress uniforms, announced from his Dante-esque stage set that Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Donald Trump called the speech the most vicious, hateful, and divisive speech ever delivered by an American president and attacked Biden as an enemy of the state. Biden's frontal assault widens the divide. It solidifies a system where voters do not vote for what they want, since neither side delivers anything of substance, but against what they despise. Biden didn't address our socioeconomic crisis or offer solutions. It was political theater. Anti-politics masquerades as politics— no sooner does one money-drenched election cycle end, the next one begins, perpetuating what Wolin calls politics without politics. 
these elections do not permit citizens to participate in power, the public is allowed to voice opinions to scripted questions, which are repackaged by publicists, pollsters, political consultants, and advertisers, and fed back to them. Few races, including only 14% of congressional districts, are considered competitive. Politicians do not campaign on substantial issues, but on skillfully manufactured political personalities and emotionally charged culture wars. The militarists, who have created a state within a state and who plunge us into one military debacle after another, consuming half of all discretionary spending, are omnipotent. The corporations and billionaires, which orchestrated a virtual tax boycott and gutted regulation and oversight, are omnipotent. The industrialists, who wrote trade deals to profit from unemployment and underemployment of U.S. workers and sweatshop labor overseas, are omnipotent. The insurance and pharmaceutical industries that run the healthcare system, whose primary concern is profit, not health, and who are responsible for 16% of the worldwide reported deaths from COVID-19, although we are less than 5% of the global population, are omnipotent. The intelligence agencies that carry out wholesale surveillance of the public are omnipotent. The courts that reinterpret laws to strip them of their original meaning, to ensure corporate control and excuse corporate crimes, are omnipotent. The courts gave us Citizens United, for example, which permits unlimited corporate financing of elections by claiming it upholds the right to petition the government and is a form of free speech. Politics is spectacle, a tawdry carnival act where the constant jockeying for power by the ruling class dominates the news cycles, as if politics were a race to the Super Bowl. The real business of ruling is hidden, carried out by corporate lobbyists who write the legislation, banks that loot the treasury, the war industry, and an oligarchy that determines who gets elected and who does not. It's impossible to vote against the interests of Goldman Sachs, the fossil fuel industry, or Raytheon, no matter which party is in office. The moment any segment of the population, left or right, refuses to participate in this illusion— the face of inverted totalitarianism resembles the face of classical totalitarianism, as Julian Assange is experiencing. Our corporate overlords and militarists prefer the decorum of George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. But they worked closely with Donald Trump and are willing to do so again. What they will not allow are reformers, such as Bernie Sanders, who might challenge, however tepidly, their obscene accumulation of wealth and power. This inability to reform, to restore democratic participation and address social inequality, means the inevitable death of the republic. Biden and the Democrats rail against the cultish Republican Party and their threat to democracy. But they, too, are the problem. That was Let's Stop Pretending America is a Functioning Democracy, written by Chris Hedges, narrated by Eunice Wong. For the Chris Hedges Report, chrishedges.substack.com.